September 21, 2002. It's a Watt from Pedro show. Thank you. 
soldier, his wife, and the bum. I was a bum in San Francisco, but once managed to go to a symphony concert along with the well-dressed people. And the music was good, but something about the audience was not. And something about the orchestra and the conductor was not. Although the building was fine and the acoustics perfect, I preferred to listen to the music alone on my radio. And afterwards, I did go back to my room, and I turned on the radio. But there was a pounding on the wall. Shut that goddamn thing off! There was a soldier in the next room living with his wife, and soon he would be going over there to protect me from Hitler. So I snapped the radio off, and then I heard his wife say, You shouldn't have done that. And the soldier said, fuck that guy, which I thought was a very nice thing for him to tell his wife to do. Of course, she never did. Anyhow, I never went to another live concert, and that night I listened to the radio very quietly, my ear pressed to the speaker. War has its price, and peace never lasts, and millions of young men everywhere would die. And as I listened to the classical music, I heard them making love, desperately and mournfully, through Shostakovich, Brahms, Mozart, through crescendo and climax, and through the shared walls of our darkness. Whoops, brother man. Oh, man. Good one. It's uh, another Watt from Pedro show, September 21. 2002, Saturday morning. Uh, Brother Matt, how are you? Good, good, excellent. Okay, and I have a special guest here with us today, Mr. Raymond Pettibone. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Raymond. Yes, his master's voice, faithful companion, obedient servant. <laughs> <laughs> we were just hearing some Charles Bukowski, the soldier, his wife, and the bum, and started off with John Coltrane, 1963, live in Berlin, chasing the train. Raymond, you just came back from Berlin. Yeah, I'm trying to put the wall back up. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a show there? Yeah. And, uh... But I got to hold hands with a lot of U.S. servicemen, and it made me feel right at home. And we made a chain... A daisy chain around uh, east and west, and uh, we're doing our best to uh, make things right again. 
So what if, what if Bush comes through with his threat and pulls the troops out? Uh, that's that's a hell of a note, Mike. Uh, I don't think Germany can survive without the American troops buttressing up their democracy. Yeah, some words to take to heart. So uh, don't forsake them, grand leader. Uh, Raymond's brought some records. We've got uh, one you gave me here from uh, Wade Curtis and the Rhythm Rockers. And there's a wrestler on the cover. What's, what's that about, Raymond? Uh, I don't know. You'll just have to you'll just have to play this one because I I don't I think I heard it once before, but uh, um, no. So I'll I'll listen to everyone else. I'm sure there's a lot more people out there who know it better than I do. All right, here we go. Watch from Pedro Show.
the voice of Buffalo's own Dixie D, along with Ted Russell and his Rhythm Rockers. You'll see them all in person this Friday night, November 3rd, at St. Leo's Auditorium on Sweet Home Road in Williamsville. We'll be there to emcee the all-star record hop and stage show sponsored by St. Leo's CYO. An extra added attraction will be Buffalo's own Frankie Nestro. So don't forget, this Friday night, all you fellas and gals in the Williamsville area, take in the big all-star record hop and stage show with Buffalo's own Frankie Nestro and the swing and singing of Dixie D with Ted Russell and his rhythm rockers. All in person this Friday night at St. Leo's Auditorium on Sweet Home Road. Three big hours of dancing starting at 8.30. We'll be looking for you this Friday night at St. Leo's.
from Pedro Show. Uh, that is the pop group. Something on John Peel's show 20 or something years ago. Words Disobey Me. Before that, D. Boone by himself at the Lhasa Club in 1984. I don't know what the name of that song is. I never heard it before. <laughs> I wasn't at the gig. What a treat to get a fresh D. Boone song. <laughs> yeah, this is a jewel, gem. Uh, I thought it was the instrumental, but he started singing at the end there. So. You may have been wearing that same strap. Oh, wow, you have a strap. Yeah. Um, we started out with Maxine from Wade Curtis and the Rhythm Rockers, and... At the end of that tune, there was a little uh, radio DJ promo. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> what was that about, Raymond? Don't know. Never heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little bit older than you, Watt. <laughs> Where'd you get that record? Uh, I think I got it. I 
I must have got it from Scooters in Hermosa Beach. Oh yeah, I read uh, it. It's not an original. It's not an original. It's a it's a, a re uh, issue. Do you remember what your first record you ever got was? Uh, you know, probably it was uh, Dick Dell, or um, surf music. Uh, Jan and Dean, Dick Dell. Well, if you want to go. Officially, it was Uncle Don, um, the you know, for children when I was back in Wasco. <laughs> but I didn't buy that myself. I just played it all the time. But the first one I bought was from some, probably Goodwill on like uh, Western Avenue or um, that's what I remember. It as. Yeah, when I was driving into Hermosa this morning, uh, there was a sign for Dick Dale. I yeah. guess he's going to yeah. play the Lobster Festival in yeah. Orlando yeah. there. I ate pizza with him one time. Yeah? yeah dude. What size of pizza was it? <laughs> uh, I think there were several larges. Several? <laughs> yeah, well, not just for him. He had a tiger, too. I don't think the tiger was eating pizza. but Yeah, does um, he still have that? I don't know. I don't think. When I don't, was I this? have no idea. This was about eight, 84, 80, yeah, about 84, 85, somewhere around there. Uh, it's a monster RV, guitarist. Back with uh, Dewey, Dewey uh, 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 the longboard. Dewey Weber. Yeah, Dewey yeah, Weber. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is a Hermoso. He he just died a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, that used to be great little little uh, longboard contest they had down there. You got a longboard on your balcony. Yeah, I don't know if it floats. <laughs> it's made out, it's made out of damn uh, like copper. Or... <laughs> Actually, uh, where'd you get that thing? Someone uh, give it to you? Art. Art. Oh, it's a it's a piece. <laughs> don't ask. Okay, and then there's a little short one in the hallway. Oh, I just I just got I just got that from my neighbor who who uh, as we speak I think he's going back he's back in Australia but uh, he he makes it's made out of bamboo it's a beautiful yeah. board they sell it at ET surfboards and uh, I don't know if I gave me his record you know uh, th- believe me this wasn't planned but I I <laughs> I think we may have brought his his uh, CD oh wow maybe not no. Okay, don't, so don't get your hopes too high up. But that's a beautiful board. It's made out of bamboo. Yeah, I know. I was wow. checking yeah. it out. Yeah. It's like ba- the name of the company is Bamboo Boards or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, Australian. And, and I um, looked close at it. It was like, this isn't fiberglass. No. And it, it weighs nothing. Wow. It's yeah. really light. It's got an epoxy uh, covering instead of resin. I haven't taken it out yet. I just got it. Yeah, it didn't have the skags on it. No. I mean, this thing was only like... <laughs> It's it's more of a well it's more than four it's like a big kneeboard I mean to me it's uh, kind of wide I'm lucky to get up on it at all. <laughs> so did you get out much? No, like I just well it, it breaks it breaks up front about three three days out of the year so and I I've been out about two days mm-hmm. to put it that way. Yeah, Pedro just had the break happening. It hadn't happened in years, but all the spots were going off. The swell was coming just from the right way. So yeah. was this like yeah, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it was when I was at Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. It was, was when I was in, when I was out of town. Uh, I heard like the wedge was like eighteen foot. Yeah, it's huge. It was real big in Newport. Yeah, all yeah. the south facing ones got it though pretty good. Well, that you know that doesn't translate to the South Bay though because of yeah. The, 
If we can cut off, you know, that the Palos Verdes Peninsula and Pedro, <laughs> carve that off and make an island of it, I'm sure you wouldn't mind after all. They yeah, have some pretty good breaks. If we got rid of Catalina, too, that'd probably help out. Catalina, too, well, Catalina doesn't belong there. I don't, I don't know anyone who thinks it does. Have you ever been over there? Catalina? Yeah. Last time. A couple times, finally. 15 years ago, I think, I, last time mm -hmm. I was over. You gotta go in winter, it's, or it's a total zoo. Yeah, I used to work the boat. That was a pretty fun job, Catalina Express. I worked the parking yeah. lot for the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, late the 70s. Little local jobs. Deboon got pneumonia. I got him hired there, and uh, he had graveyard shift, and someone broke the booth window with a rock, and he conked out without a coat on and got pneumonia. It's horrible. And he got fired, probably. No. For getting pneumonia <laughs> for conking out. <laughs> God, he almost died. That was a trip for him. Uh, this lady, Miss Weiswasser, nursed him back to health, and he almost converted over to Judaism. Yeah. It was trippy. Well, saved his life that he didn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> she ends up getting shot by her husband, murdered. Hmm. It's a horrible events. He was selling Tupperware for her for a while, having Tupperware parties. Jeez. She's a real gentle lady. I would nice like lady. to be there. But the uh, husband was a real dick. He was sleeping with her sister. And when she confronted Amazing. him, he murdered her. And he shot her. It's horrible. Man. Not Man, really I'm glad I was born a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Not good for the radio. Uh, we got uh, another record from you, Raymond. Here is the Alley Cats, a Lamita band, Danger House record. Uh, Randy, he's had hard times, you know. And now his parents—he's from the Hill originally, and his parents moved out. So I think he's—he was doing jingles for a while, but he really uh, stuck out among them other bands in those days. I guess, you know, you know what I mean? He could play and he used a thumb pick. Alley Cats were quite a band. Probably one of the first from South Bay to get to play up in Hollywood. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, it, it, South Bay, it was... Uh, People define it in one way or another. I mean, it's like... But yeah, I, I knew them back a back, uh, long time. And... Uh, <laughs> it's hard to translate the hands things over there. Then we're in trouble because I'm, I'm very you know flamboyant with the hands. You know, the bass player, she went on to, to run the Rat fan club. Really? Yeah. In fact, she got absconded oh, by Marshall. Her, her husband, yeah. Well, Milton Burrell's uh, nephew. Oh, yeah. It was uh, a whole yeah. it's a horrible thing behind that. Well, Rat was South Bay. Really? I thought yeah, they were San yeah. Diego. No, uh, uh, I don't know about the whole band, but oh. some of them. I know Dawkins was. Dokken, yeah. Great White. What was that studio? Media. Uh, Media Arts? Total Access. Total Access, yeah. yeah. Total Access, the, a lot of those guys recorded there. Like their first demos or their. The, the first they, records. The, yeah. 
Yeah. We did Project Mercia, and the guy gave us the whole rundown. Yeah, I was there a couple... Selling a studio. Yeah. Elvis recorded here, <laughs> Okay, here's some um, Alley Cats. Watch for Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro show. There's some uh, Rocky Erickson. Going to free her. Before that, Jay Maskus in the Fog, his new record. Set us free, song. And we started off with uh, Give Me a Little Pain by the Alley Cats. Uh, I saw the bass at my practice pad because one of the guys was playing with Randy a while and the bass that Diane used in the Alley Cats is there. Headstocks all broke off. And uh, what a coincidence. It was very sad. Uh, Raymond, me, and you went and saw Slater Kinney Thursday. What did you think of that gig? Yeah, I thought they were really hot. What about the pad they were playing in? <laughs> uh, it was, I think it was, uh, well. It's a mall, giant mall. I don't think they're going to do, uh, they're going to have a series of hardcore concerts there. <laughs> There's too much to lose. Yeah, there's this mall there. It looks like a Disney thing, Brother Matt. It's Where was like it? It's on Hollywood in uh, Highland. Oh, the I think it's called one? the Hollywood Highland Mall or something. And it's really... Uh, the new chic zone. Gaudy. Gaudy. Whatever. It's pretty outrageous. Kind of Babylonian uh. Uh, decor. Decorum. Giant vase, vases. And a huge elephants and cement, not uh, real. Uh, Mesopotamian kind of gods. Yeah, it's kind of a throwback to one of those old Hollywood sets, like for Intolerance. Cecil B. DeMille. Epic. Uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's too much. And of course, 500,000 security guys with walkie-talkie headsets. Do you seem, safe? seem any worse than it usually is, though? No. Do you feel safe? Where'd you say uh, the other one? You saw one that was like that. It just Oh, the one in Farmer's Market. Yeah, yeah. it just grew out of nothing. Yeah, mm. yeah. That, where'd that come from? All of a sudden, just boom. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Did they get rid of all the little chow pads? I, I drove by the other night, and the cops and fire department were having some scene around there. So oh, wow. I kind of... Took a detour. Dodged it. Took a detour. Stayed That's left. smart. <laughs> I think I mean, it was. You know, I'm not sure, but I think it's more of an adjunct. I don't think they. They. Uh, yeah, it looked like it was an attached type of thing. But yeah, but it's right there. I, I'm. I'm all for that, though. All this. Uh, if if you're against uh, redevelopment, if you want a. Uh, uh, committee of uh, if you want the whole world to be like Santa Monica with. The city council and all these uh, nowadays nowadays McDonald's are historical monuments and you know where do you draw the line? Get over you know this nostalgia for the past and uh, it's it's really uh, bring the, the malls <laughs> bring on the wrecking ball. <laughs> Leave nothing standing. Does Hermosa have to be redeveloped? Oh, they did at the pier, right? Uh, they did with the church. Yeah, that was that was one of the few instances where a, a church was was raised uh, because it was usually that is like the uh, what do you call it? The yeah, the sanctuary, right? Yeah, right. But when uh, 
when uh, punk rockers and uh, uh, squatters and yeah, then it. It's, it's time for the record for ball. <laughs> then it's a sanctuary for them. Screw that nostalgia too. I mean, come on. It's over. Um, well, you know. Hollywood otherwise, wants- we need a we need a neutron bomb to uh, protect to protect the the precious buildings from people. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is which is really the message of all this all this local control of uh, now that we moved here, we want to keep it as it was. In other words, property values, etc. With uh, with this place in uh, on Holly Boulevard, though, uh, it was Hollywood Boulevard. Will they'll try anything? You know that's why they could they could they could uh, get away with that. They want to secede. Yeah. Why well, stop at uh, cities? I mean, I wish I could secede from the Union. <laughs> You're for the the violent overthrow of the American government, aren't you, Watt? <laughs> Do you want the you don't violent. want to go on record? I'm for the violent overthrow. <laughs> Have Prince lead the charge. <laughs> it's a, it's a war of ideas and minds. I've, I, that's the way I was brought up. So don't try to get the Smith Act sick on me, Raymond. <laughs> we uh, got another record you brought here. We're going to play now uh, some Uriah Heep. What's behind that? Just what I had in my quiver. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's kind of a philosophical tune. Stealing. Yeah, Yeah. this is very popular in in, uh, my 4-H club. (laughs) Okay, Watt from Pedro Show.
Special guest Raymond Pettibone. That was some Tyrannosaurus Rex there. I apologize for starting the tune at the wrong speed. It's pilot error. Sorry. <laughs> still not that together with this yet. I'm trying. Uh, that's something Raymond picked. Uh, for me, though, because uh, I like it a lot. It's a song called The Misty Coasts of Albany. <laughs> <laughs> It was very misty this morning, peddling, way socked in with fog, but it was neat. Yeah, real foggy last night for the big moon, too. Yeah, so uh, a couple nights ago, did you see the missile trails? They launched one off Vandenberg, and I got a picture of it. Oh, yeah? It was quite a show. All the, It's the trails left from the fuel and all that. Uh-huh. I guess they hit a target 4,200 miles away. It took 30 minutes. little junior Star Wars practice? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Before that, we heard uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. We heard uh, ACDC. Another song uh, Raymond picked, uh, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. I don't want to dedicate that. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> and we started with Stealing, Uriah Heap, the special radio edit. In fact, so special they had the same song on both sides, so the idiot uh, DJ would not. So blow. special that the A and R man handed it to Mike Watt personally to play. <laughs> the big cho-cho line on his oh, back no. of his hand. Do you want to share some of that, dude? <laughs> no, I blew it away. I thought it was comet. Uh, okay, sit tight for hour two coming right up. September 21st, 2002, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
out strolling one very hot summer's day When I thought I'd lay myself down to rest In a big field of tall grass I lay there in the sun And felt it caressing my face As I fell asleep and dreamed I dreamed I was in a Hollywood movie And that I was the star of the movie This really blew my mind The fact that me An overfed, long-haired, leaping gnome Should be the star of a Hollywood movie Hmm But there I was Hmm I was taken to a place The Hall of the Mountain King I stood high upon a mountain top Naked to the world In front of Every kind of girl There was long ones, tall ones Short ones, brown ones Black ones, round ones, big ones Crazy ones
how Hitler got started, we take you to Bremerhaven, 1927, the largest theatrical office in Germany. MCA, Mein Kampf arises. And we listen uh, to the two German agents, and the agents are in peril. The Kaiser, it seems, sort of flip. Uh, Heinrich, what it is. You realize what's happening? Uh, do I realize? I realize one thing, that we have 48 hours to find the dictator. What did you do? I just took a chance, and I called up Central Casting. Maybe, who can know? Maybe there is uh, some dictator types, and we'll swing. All right, switch on the intercom. Miss Perron, <laughs> send in the dictator type, sweetie. Uh, they're coming in now, the fellows there. They're all actors here, maybe. For... Uh, yeah, sit down wherever you want, fellas. Yeah, relax. My name is Ben Melzer, and uh, I'm the agent here. We're trying to find the dictator today. We have no script, a couple of pages, you know. We want to see just today how you guys move, that's all. You know, just add a little bit and we do the bit, all right? Okay, we call up the first fellow, Ben Eisler. Ben, he come over here. That's it, just ad lib. You want to see how you move today? Or maybe we put a few bucks behind you, you can do. All right? Just Benny, uh, you look familiar. Did I do your Schlitz Playhouse with you once that day? No? Uh, Gene Herschel, the uh, thing for Ziv? No? All right. Okay, just sort of do the bit. That's a song of spielen Eis, Gafrim Get out of here with that brand old jazz. You kidding with that? All of you gentlemen, get out of here. That's right. Get out. Out, all of you. We will call your agents. Hey, but don't bother me. Hey, what is it? Don't look now, but dig the guy on your right that's painting the wall. <laughs> Where? <laughs> don't look right away. You'll think you're putting him on. <laughs> the schlub with the white uniform and the cap on that. Where? There is him right there. I find a hope for the Sonny, put down that painting. You'll do that later. Come here, come here. That's right. Look at his face. Is this an album cover? <laughs> oh, this is a weirdo. What's your name, my friend? Adolf Schickelgruber. You're putting us on. Oh, you guys talk about Let me alone. I'm going go back to my paint. Just stand there. That's your name, Adolf Schickel Gruber? It's a hoof and mouth disease, no? <laughs> hey, come on, you guys. Don't fool around me, yeah? I know you show people fooling around, make us fool out of somebody. They're not going to fool around. And I like Adolf. That's sort of hip. It's offbeat. I never heard this name. Adolf, that's nice. Give me a last name. I like that. Sort of offbeat. Adolf what? Manju. You shut up. <laughs> What a moron you are. That's your dumb sense of humor. Let's see. I like Adolf. We should have something, maybe something, so we have something that's going to really hit the people. Hit. Hitler. Adolf Hitler. I like that. Adolf Hitler. Hitler. Clock. Hitler. Adolf, you're going to make more money in a minute what you make with this Kempton jazz in a year. <laughs> no more you're going to have to knock on the wall to see that it's genuine plaster. Adolf? Yeah? 
You're going to make a lot of money with you, sweetie. You should give him a different act. We get a little rhythm section behind him, a little swing down. Sure, sure. Jonah Jones, maybe? Yeah, okay. Call up maybe, um, call up Leonard Bernstein. We get some tunes for him. Something nice opener. Ho, 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 goodbye, Denmark, goodbye. <laughs> Poland, how I love you, how I love you. <laughs> Check out Slovakia, here I come. <laughs> Take you now to uh, Ike's apartment. We hear Ike, they're talking to uh, Sherm. <laughs> Well, Sherm, you goof, baby. That's <laughs> six iron. Let's see, I'll make that little putt there. And, uh... Sherm, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to fight you, baby, but, uh... I really have got my hands tied now. Maybe we can beat this if you tell me now. Now, let's see. Get straight. You got a coat, right? Yeah. And you got the rug... Yeah. And, uh... <clears throat> now, what did you do in the hotel for $2,000? <laughs> now, what I want to know is, did you get anything else? Um, uh, no. Don't lie to me. Because, you know, I won't hit you if you tell me the truth. <laughs> tell me the truth and you t get it off your chest now. You know, don't, you know, I hate a liar. If I find out later, then I'll, you know, wrap you around a little. But, oh, I, I got one more thing. What's that? Delaware. <laughs> oh, how could you take that? You can't do things like that. What's the matter with you? I don't know. Well, how are we going to get out of this? I said I got an idea. You're going to laugh at me for saying this. What? The, the newspapers are really bringing all the heat on us. So if we could think of a headline to sort of wipe it out just for four or five days, well, what can we do? How about getting one of the cabinet members assassinated? <laughs> <coughs> well, I don't know. It's Some of those things backfire. You know? <laughs> maybe if we could, you know, just get them, not in this country, somewhere else, maybe, you know. I got an idea. Switch on the intercom. Seal, send in Nixon. Okay. Here's some Lenny Bruce from a uh, record Raymond brought, uh, little red one on fantasy, Sal Zant's label. Uh, Hitler, an MCA, and then a little excerpt, uh, Ike, Sherm, and Nick, I think. Before that, we had Joe Beiser doing 9.30 May 2nd, a Miniman song. And we started with Spill the Wine, Eric Burden and War, another record uh, Raymond brought, <coughs> because the war is a local band, right? Yeah, Eric Burden. Yeah, well, I guess he's local. He's lived in L.A. a long time. I saw a thing ad. He's playing gigs again. He's really good. He's worth seeing. I saw him maybe a year ago or so. Yeah? One of the great voices in... in uh, yeah, in Terrence. How was he? How's he looking? Looking good, sounding good, yeah. I oh, mean, great. He's, 
It's not too many of. Uh, no. Remember when we saw uh, Arthur Lee? <laughs> well, he's playing again, you know. Arthur Lee he, is he's back out of jail. Is great. Yeah, and I, I heard from people who've seen him in the last couple months and says he's together. The last time we yeah. saw him, he never got a song out. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the time before that I saw him, he was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that was at the teaser. And he kept laughing. That was he the one, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't, he couldn't get a song. The drummer, I remember, stood up. Well, I was dosed myself, and I heard every every song like it was on the record, you know, like two minutes, <laughs> three minutes, the whole set. He was so tight. So, you know, it's a subjective problem with, with you, Mike. Yeah. I mean, you should have... Well, his storytelling had me mesmerized. I, I love every time I see him, he's always playing the guitar that Jimi Hendrix gave him. It's incredible. Yeah. I have one of those myself. <laughs> you have one too. I forgot last hour uh, one of the songs there was Meat Puppets in 85. Uh, Walking Boss, Peppermint Lounge. I was discussing with Raymond about Peppermint Lounge in New York City and the old days when we used to tour uh, a lot of clubs. If you got to play clubs, they were usually gay clubs and stuff. And... Uh, Otherwise, it'd be rented out of halls. The rock and roll people <clears throat> really didn't want punk bands, and so it was people renting out halls or gay clubs. Clean bathrooms, I'll tell you. <laughs> get off the floor. And, uh, you know, my outfit with the flannel and the jeans and the beard, it was... <laughs> I told Raymond after a gig at the Peppermint Lounge, I was putting away my equipment and... Uh, I had a conga line behind me. That's <laughs> <laughs> something else. Uh, time now for this week's installment of Brother Matt's Spin Cycle. We'll be back with Raymond right after his spin.
Thank you very much, Brother Matt, for another Spin Cycle cool. installment. Cool, thank you. Here's a record Raymond Pick, uh, something live from the Lighthouse quite a while ago.
that it, Roland? Okay. Fate, ride the bus for cheaper rates I'll pick you up when you get in But 
Watt from Pedro Show. That was the Stars of Rock, an Albany band I played with last tour. For that, Grandpa's Ghost with uh, Sonny Speaks again. Uh, we were talking about um, emo, and uh, we close. Yeah. But oh yeah, so we're winding down <laughs> on the end of the. Second hour Watt for Pedro show for September 21st, 2002. Uh, before the uh, Grandpa's Ghost was. Uh, what was that? Howard Rumsey's. Oh, Lighthouse. Lighthouse All Stars. That was live from the Lighthouse. And uh, All the Things You Are, Jerome Kern tune. Uh, I played. Well, I'll have to tell you about it next hour. Okay, hold tight. Uh, September 21st, 2002, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. See you. Isn't that right? I want some, I want some, but tonight. I want some, I want some, all right. But she can't help. Because she's not right No, 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 no It's always It's always this way This one, this one's called I'd rather do with the boys than girls like you. Yeah. 
Whoa, brother man. You, you, you got the same look if you're going to do the songs or the, or the talking. <laughs> so I got just the look. Okay, I'll arch the eyebrows when it's time to uh, go to vo- voice voiceover. You know? It's unspoken. <laughs> Get beyond that. That was Johnny Thunder and Wayne Kramer, Gang War. I'd rather be with the boys than with the girls like you. And before that, Stooge is not right. Uh, yeah, end of the second hour there. We, I wanted to talk about emo. What do you think of emo, Raymond? You tell me. <laughs> you want me to tell you what you think? I'm just so emotionally involved in this. Oh, I don't okay. think I can, I can gush. You know, I can sigh. But <laughs> You were talking about things making a cycle hmm? when you heard the Carducci band. Grandpa's ghost singing. It, I brought up the emo actually, but you were saying things uh, make a, a cycle a of the oh. whiny voices, and then I said, no, well, you're, "What do you think of emo?" Yeah, well, you were talking about whiny voices and and uh, Johnny Ray. You know, is yeah, the king of that. Uh, there's this Omaha band called Bright Eyes, and the cat's literally crying when he's singing, and. Uh, Probably, you think it goes over better with the girls or the guys? I think little girls. Yeah? Posters on the wall. Yeah. Little girls, older girls, you know. I mean, Johnny Ray to Liberace to the Smiths to... Uh, oh, yeah, that guy was whining. Or or not not the Smiths. Cure. The, the Cure, okay, yeah. Well, both, whatever. Yeah, something like that. We're on the same league. <laughs> K-Rock. <laughs> And uh, so now in the 2000s, it's... Uh, yeah, what do you call these times? Media. You can't call them the 80s or the 90s. What do you call these times? I haven't worked that out yet. The O's? <laughs> Turn of the century? It's like these songs. It's media cutting the nuts off the dudes with those bands. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what your attention span is. I mean, if... if uh whether you think historically or I just don't know what to call it well, I don't know what to call the last week because I've been kind of comatose but I, I'm much better with the last 2,000 years okay you know, read Gibbon Christ's sakes Hotline. so emo it's probably a marketing thing yeah yeah. I was talking to Raymond about I played with the first emo band uh, right spring in the 80s with the Minutemen and in fact, I had to use Guy's bass because mine shut down. God, and the neck was so shattered, he had dropped it or something. It's very hard to break a fender, too, but it was so shattered when you play notes, it would vibrate my hand and pinch. The cracks would pinch on my palm. So what hazardous <laughs> duty it is playing music. <laughs> Such a... Not to mention the electricity. Oh, yeah. How yeah, many was... bass players are... But died because of that. Right, Uriah Heap guy, Gary Thane, and uh, Country Joe's guy. It's a dangerous, dangerous occupation. One splinter can uh, fuck you up. Yeah, out of the race. But they they weren't so whiny. I didn't think. <laughs> they were hardcore kids, kind of 
play, playing a little more melodic. So this uh, thing over to emo nowadays, uh, it's pretty safe thing to <laughs> spoon feed kids. So maybe you're onto something, brother Matt, with that theory. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, if you got people whining and crying, maybe it's a reaction to uh, hardcore slamming. Pendulum swings the other yeah, yeah. way. And uh, you have girls fighting to get to the front of the stage instead of boys fighting in front of the stage <laughs> or around the stage in the pit. Uh, hey, Raymond, can we talk about art? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you've been doing it for a long time now. And... Uh, has anybody ever asked you what you're trying to do with your art? I, I don't know, I guess, I suppose. I don't know how to well, answer then let that. Me. It's a little too general. All right. You're going to ask me that? Yeah. yeah. What am I trying to do with my art? Well, some one time that Kofsky guy asked Coltrane what he was trying to do with his music. Yeah. And Coltrane but, you know, told him, well, I'm just trying to uplift people. Okay, ditto. I mean, I'm not being sarcastic, but uh, I wouldn't put it in those terms, but then, you know, uh, in those kind of uh, general terms, I think I will let Coltrane speak to me, speak for me if I can, you know. It's his birthday Monday. Yeah. He would have been 76. Uh... Well, what are you not trying to do with your art? It's, it's too general a question. I mean, how would you answer that? Well, Unless not... you have uh, something... Uh, I don't know. I mean... Because, you know, I never hear you speak bad about other artists, which is a good thing. It's very rare. Most people I know who do art have plenty of bad things to say about, about other artists, but you never like that. Uh, it's it's not like because we're in the same union or anything. I have. It's not because I. I don't know. I don't like to speak bad about anyone. Well, I would call that a good trait. Uh, not necessarily. Do you ever try to piss somebody off, or not in particular, but in general, with a Provoke. certain piece? Yeah. By by artwork. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I want to put it in those terms, but yeah, I'm not. It's not uh, Melka toast kind of like uh, let's all get together and love one each other, feel good vibe. No, I mean my art. If uh, like one of one of the great uh, cartoonists Pat Oliphant said, you know, like if I couldn't be an artist, I'd be an assassin, and uh, um, I feel the same way. No, I'm not. All this pen is mightier than the sword. Bull crap. Okay, well, you know, I'm I'm trying to see if there is a remnant left. 
if anyone's is uh Sometimes you like to use the literary uh, things in your artworks. Are, are, are you uh, celebrating the works you're reading from? No, no. no these Do they inspire you? No, it can, it can be... It's not, it's not tribute to the works or celebrating, of course not. It just sets something off in your head. Yeah, but anyone, anything can. Um, would you, uh, I mean, a lot of it, it seems, is from writing, but movies too, right? Sometimes. Sure, anything, anything really. Yeah, I like to use uh, book stuff with my work too um, the canvas the words leave is so open you know because it's such an abstract way of communicating uh, and I, I do get inspired set off uh, well but, you know I always, I always loved your lyrics you and Dee Boone's and George's, and uh, with uh, with music, there's. I was ne I was never really successful on hearing, listening to the lyrics all the way through, and uh, any more than uh, the chorus. And when I grew up, it was uh, well. Anyway. Uh, with music, you have you have all on the page. I can be more clear about about that. Where it's it's like the difference of of ha, ha, hearing something over the radio and having the lyric sheet in front of you. Well, you know, that's not usually the case. You use a lot of uh, words in your art. Are they like uh, lyrics, kind of? I don't know, I guess. I know it's a different thing. Yeah, of course it is. So. Uh, the field I'm in is a lot more performance-driven. And it seems uh, where you're at is more uh, private, especially producing it. What about the when they first come out, like the, sh the art show? Oh, how do you feel about those things? Are you comfortable with them? I know you have to uh, go to them. I'm not. I'm not necessarily comfortable with them, but I have a huge entourage that kind of makes me feel uh, at home. You know that I travel with. <laughs> with uh, <laughs> um, that attends you. But, hmm? That attend you. Yeah. You've done uh, things at at your gigs like uh, play. Yeah. B bring your bands into the gallery and uh, do gig. Yeah, I feel like um, uh, why not? Anyone can do this rock, this rock jazz, you know. <laughs> Humanizes it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're obligated to. So you recorded about six months ago, right? 
Yeah, but uh, last. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that though. Do you have plans? Hmm. For, uh, it's not up to me necessarily. I mean, this is you know when you go in, go into this rock thing, it's a, like a more of a collaborative. Hell, I'm just I'm just a singer, songwriter, uh, producer, star. Do you like it better than uh, the ink and um, your artwork? It depends. It depends on uh, uh, depends on where I am. Like some some places, I'm utterly, totally unknown as an artist, and I'm. Um, known more as a pop star from my boy group background. And, and then another get, place. You know, you know, I know your next, I can anticipate your next question and stuff as if you haven't lived through them. But uh, you want to share it with, a, with this radio audience. Okay, well, if there's good and bad things about it. I mean, as, as you know, but you try to pretend not to know. About the the adulation and the stardom. It's like something that you live your whole life uh, wanting to. This is what it's all like, all going to add up to. And uh, you've lived like uh, 29 years, like myself, and you're like finally you've you've hit. Okay, well, maybe this goes back a few years when we broke, like in most of the Western world. And uh, you think, this is going to make, this is a reason for me existing, for being born. And then the first week, it, it starts, after 29 years on Earth, it, uh, you start, it starts getting a chore, you know, you feel wary about, all the adulation about uh, the autographs and losing beyond, your soul. more obscene things I shouldn't mention here. But uh, which is love, you know? But too much love, even is you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It'd be, uh, it's good to have a balance of a little too much hate. Keep things tempered and real. Uh, that's the th problem, I think, with uh, music. It's not kept abstract enough. I think people buy into it as the ultimate reality. A lot of people get their values, their information, all, all this from music. And, or I don't even know if you call it music, uh, the theater of sound and image. Uh, rock well, and roll. MTV is certainly very, uh, very far right. Yeah. How, how. Uh, how big is the gap between the people running MTV and the people watching, you think? 
I don't know. I mean, I think, I think most of the people who buy records, most of what the industry is, the bedrock is, are between the ages of 11, 12, to 16, to, to high school years. And that's what, basically, I think, editorially and ideologically, MTV is managing. You know, like the news media man manages the news for the government. It's, it's very... Uh, it's, uh, it's part of the industry. What about the people buying art? Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of uh, 11 to 12 to 16 year old chicks. Um, no, so it's it's a little different. Are they being managed? You think? Uh, the art world is, is is so small and uh, so apart from. Well, it's not, and uh, like teen, there's there's just not. No, it's a it's a completely different kind of entity from. From the music world, in the yeah. news world. Well, what do you think of that world? Of what? The art world. What about it? Well, for you, is it like in a vacuum? No, it's not. No, that's, that's not what I meant. Of course it's not. No. Hell no. Uh, would you say they're more, uh, they're less under influences of the institutions? No. They police themselves? Or? No. Would you consider yourself immersed in it? Immersed in what? The art world. No. No, because uh, I wasn't. There's a difference between making art and being an art world. I mean, I was oh, I've yeah. been making art for, long, for a long time. And you go about making it? Do you have like regular schedule or a certain burst of inspiration? That depends. Um, when the I've muse touches much, you? Hmm? When the muse touches you? Uh, I think you get to get to the point where you can control the muse rather than being uh, controlled by it, you know? And you summon it. it. Summon it and I don't know. I mean, there's Invoke it. there there is something to do with this idea of inspiration, depending on how you put it. But 
Um, I've, you know, I've lately for actually lately for a long time actually, I've been pretty busy around the clock, and it's not a matter of like summoning the muse or the. Um, If you could change something about the art world, what would you, would you, and what would that be? Mm. I'm sure there's a lot of things. I, you know, I'm, I'm just not prepared to think of it now. The, and it's, you know, for 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 that to become a focus of. Uh, like for the last, uh, until recently, until for like 10 years, uh, art was like the major cause, celebre of uh, the Republican Party. And to, as if this is this microcosm for the rest of the world to answer for all the problems. And it's really the other way around, you know, what about changing the world at large? And now reflecting on well, you were telling me uh, you kind of had a problem with galleries. My commitment is is to do the art and whatever avenues you know of uh, technology, ec economics, or society you know, relationships. However, it uh, that's not for me up to decide, you know. So, like, once it leaves you, it's... Pretty much, yeah. you know. <clears throat> and you were saying it with the gallery thing, it seems like it's the same people. It's same it people. too closed, yeah, that go to see that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, how many... How many people go to... Uh, go to, to see a gallery show... But you know, my, I've I've never had any delusions that my what I do is going to have this uh, uh, this general appeal anyway. So it's it's really not a it's not an issue with me. Well, what would you tell young artists? I don't know. There's nothing I can tell. I mean, if somebody's it's, it's a lot like, you know, without going into it because it, I don't know if I'm prepared to, but it, it's a lot like uh, if I asked you that question, what would you would you, would you tell uh, some person picking up an instrument for the first time? And it's not that different. Yeah, well, I would have some definite ideas. Well, you've gone through that more you than I have. <laughs> yeah, can I ask you that question? No, yeah, seriously, because I'd like to hear what you would say. I would say I think it would be very important for you to get in touch with the instrument and as a means of finding your inner voice. Because a lot of people, I feel, get into music as a shortcut to uh, 
some kind of social advantage. They don't use it as a means to uh, really for expression. Yeah. And I think that's what's hurting the scene in general. Because you have uh, people just adopting poses and sounds and ways of working the machines uh, that are, you know, they're serving another, they are serving a cause. Some uh, kind of get socially accepted or to uh, gain monetary or objects and stuff. And and I, I wonder if that's the only thing music can be used for sauce, you know, from my perspective, I would like uh, to see more personality, more uh, insides coming outsides via music. And so, so that, 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 that's why I would tell them to do this, try to find out, you know, what, what can a vehicle like music pull out from them? that, uh, you know, I know it's kind of subjective, but it would make things interesting. I I mean, I agree. I mean, I think think the the roads to riches lies in not being true to yourself and not going commercial, merch, as Michael put it. And uh, if you want to make, if you want to make the big bucks, and this is very... It's very like in art and music. If you want to make the big bucks and uh, go into music or art as uh, don't don't come with some program of uh, this or some some business model. Go into it for its own self, and if you trust that. Then you're a lot more likely to to win uh, financial success and adulation of all the, the young girl population, and uh, that's. I think it's a I think it's a lot more likely. Seriously, it's a lot more likely, you know, and uh, God knows it's uh, the result is better of. of uh, Let's record it, etc. To to have that business model, then to like chase whatever is the current hip uh, commercial sound image. Would you give drawn lessons? Would I? Yeah. Because uh, I get asked to give bass lessons a lot from a lot of kids who come to my shows. Yeah, but and I have a weird conflict with this. Okay, well, you know, bass can can uh, it's it's not just technique. There is there is some kind of uh, uh, background to it. You know, like if if you give uh, technique or uh, how do you judge that? I mean, as as far as as far as people who started with with punk and, and with rock, I mean, your your bass technique is amazing. Okay, but that is um, like in, in my in my case I'm not I'm not uh, I don't know why anyone would come come to me for drawing lessons because I'm not the greatest draftsman or however you want to put it 
there's a lot of background to that. So it's more like, well, come to me for life lessons or uh, how to be um, uh, lessons on yeah, more like Socrates and how to live a moral life and to be a whole person rather than technique technique yeah that I have a problem with uh, I'm still working on my technique how to be a a whole person a moral person uh, that that I've had down for a long time but the technique part is is kind of worrisome yeah see the problem I have is uh, I don't really think the uh, world needs one or ten or a hundred Mike Watt clones and so I think in a way, I would like people to try to find their own way. I think that's part of uh, getting your own voice or your own style. That's hard to impart, though. I mean, did you have a mentor who you followed? Uh, well, I played with my friend. I played with Deep Moon. This guy who lived in his car showed us some stuff. Of course, he had influences. Yeah, big influences. I mean, from from one direction John or another. But, yeah, off but I mean, you weren't like following someone. No. Like a side mouse, you know, like no. attaching yourself to somebody. No. And that's what I mean. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that to someone else. Like a, like a music school or art school, you know, this is the way you draw, this is the way you play the bass. Uh, what kind of people do those mills turn out, you know? What you want to show people's potential, right, in themselves. Yeah. You don't really want to show them how to do it. Uh, would, you would like to install some kind of confidence in them so they maybe not be afraid sure. to try things. There's probably not enough chances being taken in music, right? Or in art. Yeah. And that's probably a, a problem of mentality. Like there's only so many people who are good enough. And yeah. Which might be the case. Maybe there is only a certain amount of people that are good enough. But how, how do we know which ones are? You know, maybe it's just a phase of life. Maybe people are meant to pay a play bass only a couple years in their life, and then they move on to things like running guns. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think when you uh, like Rimbaud, right? He only wrote two years, three years, and then he ran guns. He yeah, moving. and you know, to to feel like we're maybe there's some social use for uh, having. Um, Teaching people to be artists or to be musicians—it they are—they are going to. I think the the ones that. Well, you know, we don't need this like Eastern Bloc program for producing like Olympic athletes or Olympic musicians or. Probably a lot of mediocrity out of something like that, huh? 
the people who learn how to take tests right probably do the best in that kind of well you'll have a lot of uh, amazingly fast guitar players who can just or uh, um, but it's it's subjective you know it's not So what do you think of the whole idea of art grants? Oh, I don't care. I mean, I'm against grants, period. I don't think grants, there's ever been grants that have done good good for anything. And uh, But, you know, it's not an issue. Who cares? You know? It's so trivial. What are we talking here? Like... Uh, few hundred million dollars compared to the billion a day on war well yeah isn't that what we're spending now so would it be good to give the artists a chunk of that no no well no I don't look I'm just I don't think there should be I don't think there should be a government uh, budget there shouldn't be a government okay no period and uh, usually there's this when when there is when the the government does get involved, there is this kind of a corrosive, corruptive effect on. There's a influences, you know, going, you know, so it it like muddies up the experiment. You know, put it that way, and um, creates patronage. Yeah, 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 but uh, even with that, it's so. Uh, so trivial, you know, then even, uh, it's not an issue, you know, I mean, who cares? Well, you were talking about the Republicans, they made a huge issue out of this. Yes, they did, okay. Well, I'm not talking from there, I'm not, you know, um, explaining from their point of view. It's symbolic, it's ideological. It means nothing, you know, other than that. It represents a lot of these latent issues of the neoconservative radical right wing has, which are very important to uh, people like Hillary Kramer and uh, whatever. And they mean, they mean nothing. Uh, on that. Do you think uh, art has a significance if there was no one to see it? Art has a significance if there was no one to see it? Yeah. Like if... Like, okay, uh, do you feel you know the people who get your art? Yeah, but there's, there's a difference between no one's seen it, and then uh, if no one's seen, if there isn't someone who sees it, then it's it's meaningless. I mean, there is. Well, it's kind of. Some people would say maybe it's a personal thing, and like no one does ever have to see it. Music too, right? This uh, Ives guy wrote all that stuff, and no one ever got to see it performed. Uh, I just wasn't that socialized, isolated. I worked in the insurance industry, right? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like that. 
But no, I, I'm, I've always made art, like, from a... With a... I mean, not like speaking direct to direct, like whispering in their ears or uh, or writing out some some personal letter, but yeah, with a with the idea that I am communicating. Okay, so of course there is I'm not you know I don't I'm not doing it just to like. Uh, Purge demons? No, no. Quiet the voices inside your head? No. I've got fists for that. (laughs) Uh, But you're not, on the other hand, you're not joining into this big choir. What choir? Between the maker and the Watcher. There is a gap. Yeah. There should be a gap. Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's... It's hard for me to say. No, I'm not, I'm not... Like, you know, I'm not this medically, you know, apart from... I'm gonna make my art. I mean, it's not like I'm... Like I have this this audience in mind, but uh, you think people should have to struggle with it? Should it come struggle easy? with what? With what? With what making art? Or what uh, do you mean? Make yeah, with making art, should they have to struggle? Struggle. Yeah. You have mean some kind to, of that, um, yeah, have some kind of uh, problems they have to overcome to get it going. No, no. there's know. no some reason. Some people say that this world is too hard for artists. No, there's no reason why one way or the other. Like offhand, that you have to like it does you good to struggle with. Uh, no, that's nonsense. It might be, it might be how it works out with uh, whatever you do. I mean, should should it be hard for the people who watch it? Should things be uh, very accessible and easy for them? Isn't that what kind of the popular entertainment tries to do? Make it as easy as possible for people to absorb works, yeah, cultures. I don't know. Some kind of superficial. Life. This is well, you know, this is something I haven't thought about either. But I would think that, in my case, I think it would, I think the best thing would be if it was as easy as possible, and that not that it, that has to uh, make make uh, bring the the bar down. But uh, nothing, you know, that's one thing I've never done. I hope really intended to is to uh, to make the work like more difficult just for its own sake more obscure harder to understand of course most of my work is but it's not it's not just for that reason it was clear in your mind when you did it yeah of course yeah and uh, 
Well, you know, in the music racket, they have this word crossover. You know, you have your crossover hit. Yeah. Do you see style like a parallel to that in the art world? Yeah, it's probably the same, although music is... It's it's hard to it's hard to uh, compare these because music tends to overwhelm art because of the well, like with the current climate, uh, if you started to put more flags in your work, would that help you cross over? No, I don't know about that. I mean, that's that's something that is. make a career based <laughs> sure there's plenty of people doing it okay. <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm searching I think on the <laughs> other hand <laughs> on the other hand if you saw some of my stuff recently um, I have to be uh, I shouldn't even say it I have problems with it goes beyond art to like the State Department and but is that bad what is to have problems like that what is it bad I don't know I mean detrimental to what well it's something that you wouldn't like or is it just something you have to deal with well you know you wouldn't shirk It's hard to say, you know. I mean, I've, I've gone. I've, we'll see. Even if it might uh, make your stuff more uh, inaccessible, because you said you've never tried to do anything. What do you mean? You've never tried to keep your stuff away. Mm-hmm. But it's like problems arise out of your content like that I don't care because of the, not really your decisions don't. these are idiots making judgments on your work no I, I don't I'm not I'm not naive and I don't have any delusions about anything well I put cuss words in a song I know I can't get them on the radio yeah yeah exactly okay put it that way There's other ways to cuss if you're creative, huh? Yeah. How often is the radio the, the goal on the song? Uh, for me? None. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the culture I come out of. Uh-huh. You know. uh, I, in a way, records for me are like flyers to get people to come to my gigs. In a way, I don't feel... I mean, I'm using rhythms, notes, melodies, like other people making music, but in a lot of ways, I don't feel maybe in the same league as them. I don't. I I have to say, I come from a kind of reactionary thing where I wasn't really trying to belong, use my music to belong. Yeah. 
And maybe, you know, as a source of livelihood, that's a bad thing. When when should that uh, those two things blend your art and source of livelihood? It's very fortunate if there's a coincidence there, huh? Well, I mean, do you have that? a lot of respect for somebody who uh, intentionally is thinking livelihood? Do I have a lot of respect or disrespect? Yeah. I don't. I don't judge them one way or another. I mean, I don't. You judge the work and whether you like it or not. Totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you uh, if you have this pure sense of you know, you know the word sell out. Yeah. I totally disagree with that whole concept of sell out. So it's very disingenuous, and whenever I hear that, uh, well, I get the, used a lot in that argument. On what side? The, yeah, on the side. I can imagine. <laughs> no, yeah. I, no, it's usually on the other side. The guy who doesn't sell out. Yeah. And it's That's it's, I mean. it's kind of uncomfortable in a way. But on another, on the other hand, uh, people look at it as a good thing not to be a sellout. Yeah, I mean, no, so but in a way, they're trying, trying to give you a compliment. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But doesn't that it become this very twisted kind of uh, argument that it just seems to me that the that uh, the the people who are most you know with their accusatory fingers accuse you of being a sellout yeah. those are the fuckers who sorry for the language but who are the the if they hit it, you know, for some random or uh, most likely, you know, like that's what they're trying for all all along. If they made it, uh, those are the ones who are on the other side. And why do you think that argument is so big in people's minds on who's a sellout and who's not? Is there some kind of emptiness? Or are people being assaulted with so much... What, it, well, you know, I mean, I mean, people in their gut, are they feeling some kind of host, they're being hustled or something? Because it, it does seem to be a question that's always up there. And, I mean, I've, I told you I've been using an example, but I've been, uh, a lot of people have told me that you're an example of an artist who has never sold out. Um, is that right? Yeah, all the time. That's why I'm well, kind of talking to you about this stuff. With, with punk rock, punk was, was meant to be against uh, this uh, monolithic really I mean it was monolithic uh, groups of uh, and so I think ideologically to uh, to sell out became kind of the bad thing because it was started this group of group of people who who wanted to keep it for themselves? One thing that's that's one reason. I, mean, I don't really have to go into all this stuff. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But uh, well, it goes beyond that. It gets into these questions: who's real and who's not? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah. I take it as a compliment. People say to me, "Oh, you're you're real in this music yeah. thing with all these phonies, and you're really real." 
And then inside, personally, you know, I'm thinking, can I live up to this? Well, you know, I am trying don't bother. to be... Well, you know what I mean, because they are so sincere with it. You know, it seems I like... I know. That's, that's they're not just loosely throwing it around. Ways. They are sincere, but, you know... Yeah, but what is... It's, it's this climate that is making people look for uh, sincerity. Yeah, but we were sincere when we were 16 years old. I mean... In one way or another. Well, I would like to think I still am. No, I, I got okay. jaded in some yeah. ways, but I really don't want that to win out. Uh, because I think it would kill my spark to be creative. I to be what? I had, if, if I got to the point where I thought I had it all figured out, and it's really just a hustle, and how do I? Oh, get yeah. the money out of the kids' pockets. Yeah. And that is... Uh, I think people start that way more than they end that way, though. How do they usually end up bitter? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there's not that much room for people to make it, you know? Yeah. And if that's what you start out for, then uh, if you don't start out that way, then uh, there's other things, you know? But... Do you plan your art out down the road? Plan it out? What do you mean? Like next year I'm going to be doing this. No. I have a lot of... Uh, when I think in the, into the future, there's a, there's a lot of things that I haven't had the chance to get to. I mean, I have, eno I have a lot enough uh, worked out now that to keep me busy for like the rest of my life. But it's not... For one thing, I'm just not good at organizing. You know, I don't have that kind of... Do you think that's a problem? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it can be quite a bit. I'm starting to work on, work on that now. But maybe it's a symptom of something that... Um, that's how I am anyway. So I can't really judge that. Do you think, uh, you know, art, music too, it, it's kind of a personal journey, or do things get handed down? Well, yeah, of course things get handed down. I mean... Not just techniques. Just techniques? I mean, how do you separate that from... Uh, no, everything. I mean, music isn't just technique. I mean, if you... Like the the people you're influenced by, which were many, I'm I'm sure. I mean, I've, yeah. I've you've you've been talked about that. Same thing with art. Yeah, it's not just technique. But for the artist to bring me his meaning or her meaning meaning to it, it's kind of a personal journey. And the techniques are just things for the quiver. No. It, in my case, in my case, I can't really say that I don't have this. I don't have this core, you know, like uh, uh, personal thing I want to communicate, to impress, to make note of, to put on the record. You know. Do you think you're contributing to the world, though? 
contributing to the world. Um, I didn't say how, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess as far as that goes. And it's up to the other folks to make up their mind what that is. You're saying that you're not deciding what your contribution is. out of time I didn't get to play the uh, no Inverness no Inverness <laughs> this week so next week will be part 11 Raymond I want to thank you very much oh. for coming aboard playing music talking about the art listening to lots of retarded questions tolerating <laughs> them humoring me please <laughs> by turning them on their head yeah, nice to have you here. Yeah, you have quite a talent for that. A unique talent. And I'd like to have you on again and maybe discuss some of these things further and maybe I can be more prepared about <coughs> not having to ask such foolish things. Oh, please. <laughs> okay. Brother Matt, thanks so much for your cool, thank you. spin cycle. Thank you. And we'll be Coming back next week with another installment, another edition. So, till then, this is the uh, uh, September 21st, 2002 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.